What is going on, everybody? You are back on another edition of the Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupengeiser, and I am joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. Uh, before we bring Caleb in here, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, you are smashing the like button and you're subscribing to the channel and leave in the comments who you think or what you think the score of the Chiefs Chargers game is going to be this coming week. I want to hear from you guys. Uh, we're going to give our predictions at the end here, but I want to know what everybody else out there is thinking. Caleb, we're coming off of uh, a, a pretty pretty brutal loss in, in prime time um, against the Baltimore Ravens. It's the first time Lamar and the Ravens have beat Mahomes and the Chiefs, but we'll get there. How you doing, man? I'm doing quite all right. You know, uh, looking back at the game on Sunday, you know, sometimes that's the way it goes in the National Football League. Sometimes that's the way that it you know, that's the way the chips fall sometimes. And, you know, that's the first loss of Mahomes' career. That's in September. That's the first time that he's lost to the Ravens. It's the first time he's lost to Lamar Jackson in there. You know, he there's he's still three and one against him, but that was the first one for Lamar. And, uh, you know, it was a really disappointing game overall because the Chiefs had a lot of chances to win it. There's been a ton of overreaction, a ton of backlash. Some of it's warranted. Some of it's unwarranted. But – you know, even though they lost the game, there are still positives to take away. So we'll touch on the stuff that's got to get better for the Chiefs. And I think we're also tonight going to touch on some of the things that we thought they actually did well. And, you know, some players who look good. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I, I think that the, the place to start and the obvious place to start is the Chiefs run defense, right? So we've watched them the last two weeks and they've just been, they've been horrible to say the least. It's not even been, uh, uh, there's no way to sugarcoat it. They've been really bad. Um, they're giving up the most yards, most yards per rush. Like they basically, the, somebody just tweeted out a stat that I was just looking at, and it basically said the Chiefs are the worst in every statistical category that you can think of when it comes to defending the run. Um, I just, I guess we'll start in general. What, what do you think is like potentially the overarching issue right now with the Chiefs run defense? Missed tackles. It's easy. <laughs> missed tackles. There's been a ton of missed tackles. And, you know, if people want to say, you know, the reason they won the game is this specific play here, this specific play there, that's never how football plays out. I'd say it was the 251 yards that Baltimore had running the football and the 6.1 averages, 6.1 yards they averaged per carry, the three rushing touchdowns they had. They had some massive rips in the running game. They had some 36-yard runs. They gave up, you know, just big plays across the field in the run game. And it was just like these consistent clip eight to ten yards. You can't do that and expect to win the football game. And they Baltimore was scoring quickly at it, too. You know, these weren't like long, methodical drives. They were going down and they were just marching down and running down on the Chiefs. That's the biggest reason they lost. And it comes down to a lot of things. I think the big thing, I think two of the big things are is Baltimore ran a lot of read option stuff. I think they made some changes in their scheme. They didn't, you know, it's stuff we've seen them do before, but it was a little wrinkle here, here and there. I think the Chiefs were penetrating. I don't think they were penetrating the right gaps or Baltimore was making good reads. And I'm just, you know, you we should just tip our caps to Lamar Jackson because he played his game today. You know, 
the Baltimore in the past, we've seen them come out against the Chiefs. They fall down early, much like they did, and then they have to revert to the throw game, and that's not where Lamar excels. This time around, Harbaugh said, we're going to stick to who we are, and they came out, stuck to who they were, and they kept running the ball no matter how many points they were down, and it ended up paying off for them in the end. Yeah, you weren't kidding about that. Um, it certainly did pay off, and it's pretty easy to stick with, with the run game when the Chiefs literally can, can't stop it. Uh, it was CBS, the NFL and CBS tweeted out, Mush, most rush yards allowed, Kansas City 404. The next closest is Seattle at 325. Chargers, surprisingly enough, uh, is third at 324. Most rush TDs allowed, Kansas City with seven. And the next uh, second is eight teams tied with three. Most rush yards allowed um, per rush, Kansas City at six, Chargers at 5.6, Cardinals at 5.4. Um, yeah, it was just, I think there's a lot of things that contributed to the bad, the bad rush defense. I think that the, the missed tackles is, is massive. You have to be able to tackle in the national football league. Um, these guys are too good of athletes. The one rushing play that is kind of going around the internet right now where Lamar made like nine dudes miss a tackle on one single play. That's pretty embarrassing. Uh, Daniel Sorensen is just not good right now. Um, to say the least, I think they said he had nine missed tackles in this last game. Um, that's just unacceptable. That's really bad. And, and I think the, the other thing you've got to kind of tip your hat to um, the teams that they're playing, right? The Cleveland Browns have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and the Baltimore's run offense is one of the most intricate and most, um, most you hit where you have to be so precise in your assignments on every single snap because of the way they have the read option and they have one of the best athletes in the national football to get quarterback. Right. I mean, say right. what you want about Lamar, his throwing ability. He's one of the most dynamic athletes and he, and he touches the ball every single play for them at quarterback. It is a serious weapon and there's nobody that runs that read zone read stuff the better than him. And he's, he is as good as any running back with the ball in his hands. And I said, I thought that coming out of college when he was with Louisville, um, and he's shown to do it in the NFL and everybody says, Oh, he'll never be able to do that and sustain it. Well, we're coming up on whatever year it is in the NFL for him. And he is still doing it to defenses and he just did it to the chiefs. So, um, I guess my next question to you is, is that I've seen a lot of people kicking around the notion that the Chris Jones experiment at defensive end needs to be over and he, he doesn't look good there and they need to keep him inside because at least inside, he would have two big plays, you know, to, for tackles for loss or something. I, I just, what's your, what's your feeling on that? I think anyone else was going to do any better this week on the Chiefs roster. You, you think Mike Dan or Alex Okafor were going to go out there and play all that much better? Now, Frank Clark, he had a couple of runs to us, but he was MIA most of the day. Here's my thing, though, about that, about this. We saw Chris Jones actually play pretty well last week against the Browns, right? He had two big sacks. And the Browns are, for all intents and purposes, their traditional-style running football team. They run it. They, they run stretch. They run power. They run zone. Baltimore does all that stuff, too. But they have all the read options and the motions and the movements, and they have all that stuff in there and also. For a guy that's played defensive end in the NFL for one game, you know, started in it for one game, I think they should maybe cut him a little bit of slack on some of that stuff. I'd say probably just because his eyes were not quite ready for the level of movement that he's going to see on the outside there. 
And, you know, there were a couple of times when they did want to read him because that's an unfamiliar situation for you. But my big thing right now is, you know, who, who else do they think we have on the roster is going to go out there? You know, I know everyone's been talking about, you know, what if we had Melvin Ingram out there or Justin Houston? I don't know if those guys would have even made that much of a difference, you know, because as you go down the line, it's a team game. They got to find a way to play as a team out there. I'm not ready to give up on the experiment yet, especially because I do think that he is talented. He is going to bring some good things to that defensive end position. And I think that, you know, this is just a bad week overall for everyone on the defense, but you can't give up on stuff like that after two games, especially if you're planning to make it a big part. One thing I will say though, is I, they, they, I think they do need to try to get him back inside more on third down and long. The only problem is I saw people saying that this week, when was Baltimore ever in third down and long this week? You know, that's what I'm – that's all. I mean, yeah, I, you, I'm not ready to give up on it yet it's against, you know, a team that's going to do some hard stuff where you have to have that elite defensive end play to be able to stop them. But I don't know. What do you think about it? Yeah, to me, I think that you kind of nailed it with uh, who else are they going to put there that's going to be any better because it's not Alex Okafor. It's not Mike Dana. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's – Right now, they're, 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 they're obviously, they tried to upgrade the position with Ingram, and they, you know, he left Kansas City without a contract, and he's in Pittsburgh doing his thing now. So, I mean, to me, you, you got to keep him there. you got to keep him getting reps there if that's where he's going to play for the rest of the season. I don't think that this was a good game for, for him to be on the edge just because of, like we mentioned, all the read stuff that you're doing. And it's so difficult just to be, to do, you know, to be an experienced defensive end going against a team like that, that's reading you, then kicking you out. And then, you know, then you gotta, you gotta bend and spill and then you gotta do all this other stuff. So it's like, um, it's, it's, it's a tough one to begin with, but uh, yeah, I, I would like to see him into, um, you know, on the inside on, on pass rushing situations, but it also leaves you again on the week. Like they, they are in desperate need of a pass rusher right now. Um, you know, in any long yardage situation, they just don't have anything. So, I mean, that it kind of is what it is right now. But if you if you plan on moving forward with Chris Jones at defensive end of the year, you can't just you can't move him now, right? He he needs to continue to get reps to get better there for the end of the season, because you know, and it, that's kind of the bottom line of this defense is it's not it's not a uh, finished project, right? We're not gonna we're not gonna know who this defense is until many months. So I guess that's the one good thing about it is we'll see where they are in, in a few months. Um, I, I can't wait for Willie to get to get back because, man, oh man, our linebacker play is is what we thought it was the last two weeks. You know, everybody, man, thought, man our run our, our run defense is bad because our or our pass defense is bad because our linebackers can't cover everybody. Well, guess what? They can't get off blocks either because really the only person that was doing that even remotely a little bit was Nick Bolton. I, I thought Hitchens and I thought Ben Neiman both both played terrible. That was dude. Did you see the rep? that Baltimore busted that run and they both come in the same, the same C gap and they both take it. And there, there's just no communication there. They're both coming in on the C gap and, you know, it's just a big rip for Baltimore. So, I mean, they have, someone's got to take quarterback and someone's got to take, you know, someone's got to be ready to get to the flat or be able to fill the hole if he hands it off. And I saw one person say, well, Chris Jones vacates the hole. They're running counter, so if Lamar did take it, Chris Jones would have been in a good position to actually make that play. But I thought that that was overall just that that sums up Hitchens and Neiman right there for them to the last few seasons. And they can't get off blocks, man. Once once alignment is on them, they're not getting off of it. Like 
you see you see Bolton, um, you know, he gets downhill, he, he collisions linemen, he can get off them, he makes tackles. He did it again, you know, against Baltimore where a guy, I think he was blitzing actually, but, you know, a lineman blocks him and he gets, he gets rid of him and he sheds him and he makes a tackle. Like, you just don't see the other linebackers doing that right now. So I, I'm ready and hopeful that once Willie Gay is back, at least hopefully we can get it, Bolton and, and Willie Gay on the field at the same time because – it's it's not great, uh, not great. I'm getting I'm getting more confident though about Nick Bolton being our starting middle linebacker going forward because he's already making plays you don't we haven't really seen any linebackers make here in a while. You know Hitchens he shoots the gap and he can go in there but he's not great at disengaging tackles, disengaging blocked. But Bolton you know he's got the strength he's got the size to do that. I think he's an instinctual football player so I think we should be happy that he's eventually going to take over that role in the middle for Kansas City. He, I, I, he's to me, honestly, he has his deficiencies and you can say whatever you want about him in, in the past game. He's not athletic and he didn't test well and all this right now. He's better than Anthony Hitches in the wrong game is like period. Like he is like, he already's better than him. Like to me, I wouldn't, I would not mind seeing Bolton already move to the inside and being our permanent inside linebacker for situations like that, because he just, he's got better instincts for it. He's got a better feel for it. He, he, he sheds blocks way, but way better. And he, he continues to get better every single week with this. So I, I like him in there, um, especially against the run. So I, I think you're right with that. I think he's going to be taking over that middle linebacker position, and, and it's going to be sooner than later, hopefully. Um, the other thing that I kind of noticed defensively, and, and there's, I guess, twofold, was Mike Hughes seemed to be replaced in the nickel by Rashad Fenton. Fenton was the first corner in in that situation. And – my God, what has Juan Thornhill do done to just not get snaps over Daniel Sorensen? Played 11 snaps on the defensive side of the ball. That's – and Daniel Sorensen missed nine tackles. Like, how bad did Juan Thornhill have to look to not, like, get put in the game in that situation? Like, that's unbelievable to me. Like, there's – there there's honestly – and you can – if you like PFF, if you don't like PFF, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think they miss a, a, a lot of stuff, but there is some stuff and at least adds has some context to it. And right now, Daniel Sorensen is graded out as like one of the worst safeties in the NFL. Like he is but, like yeah. 62nd or something graded safety by, by PFF, which is horrible. It's so, so dude, I, and I'll, man, he's had his deficiencies the last couple of seasons, but it's never looked this bad. Like, you know, there's some people that are going around saying, I've said Sorensen was terrible for years. He's never looked like this, guys. No, he's no, never, no, dude. Because he's, you know, man, he's like, gosh, like he's, you know, he's been able to get his position and his tackling has been reliable too. Like he's right. always been one of the team's more reliable tacklers. And now it seems like these first two games of the season, he's forgotten how to play football. It's like some, yeah. I've just never seen anything like it before. Like his regression, these last two games from where he was at, and maybe it's just his age catching up to him. But it's nowhere near where, you know, we've ever seen him play in the past. You know, he's at least been a competent football player. He just looks out of position and like he's lost out there. You know, he looks – he honestly looks like Ben Neiman out there to start this season. And that's that, – you know, that's saying something considering what we've seen old Neiman be up to. Dude, it, it is – that's actually a scary, like, good comparison because the they're both, like, right now, like a half a step behind where they need to be, like, on everything. So uh, it's just not a good situation. I just – I don't know how Juan Thornhill's not playing over him right now. It's just mind-blowing to me. 
um, how bad he must have looked in practice or whatever it is for him not to be on the field. So pr pretty shocking stuff there. Uh, quickly, we'll move uh, along on the defense. The defensive stuff is going to be hammered to death until this Chargers game happens. Um, but let's move to move along to the offensive side of the ball of the Browns. I think there is a lot of good there. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, um, I guess you could say, was shut down. They were doubling him all night. And, you know, it's funny, everybody after the first week, oh, my God, our wide receiver three, four, and five need to do more stuff, blah, 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 blah. And everybody I talked to on Twitter, I kept saying, Did, do they need to get more passes? I mean, we just watched Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill completely dominate a football game. They, they were open all the time, and Mahomes was throwing them to when they were open. It wasn't like he was forcing the ball to them in double coverage, you know, in that first game. And I said, I don't think that's the situation, guys. I think if, you know, whatever. And then we get to this game, and sure enough, Tyree Kill is double teamed, and what happens? Byron Pringle, a long touchdown. McCall Hardman, eight catches. It's like, nah, maybe we're just fine, and maybe they just throw to the to the best, one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the NFL and the best tight end in the NFL. Maybe he just does that because they constantly get open. Yeah, and, you know, if McCall Hardman had five catches for 55 yards or, you know, between five and ten catches every game for the rest of his career, no one would never be on his case ever again about right. not being good. You know, because those are those are legit wide receiver three. Those are third target type numbers. Right. You know, DeMarcus Robinson catching the mild touchdown pass he wanted to drop from Mahomes. Mahomes pretty much just put on a rope. Byron Pringle showing some great acceleration in the open field. They even spread the ball around a little bit to Michael Burton, Blake Bell. Jody Fortson had a catch in there, so it was pretty well distributed. Of course, Travis Kelsey got his big touchdown run. You know, the big touchdown reception late in the game off that crazy Mahomes throw. You know, he had seven first hundred and nine and one touchdown. He's the fastest, you know, tight end ever to 8,000 yards. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He had seven catches on eight targets. You know, it's so weird. You know, we talk about like things that, you know, they said DFS and Mahomes didn't play very. He only threw like seven, he only threw seven incompletions. He had 343. Three touchdowns. He didn't get sacked at all, and he, you know, he did have the bad interception. But I always think it's weird. His QBR was seventy three point one, but his passer rating was one thirty one point five. That just doesn't seem to add. That's weird to me. No, those things never make sense. I look at like EPA and, and stuff like that a little bit more than than the, the QBRs and stuff like that. Mahomes has been incredible. He's been he's just been relentlessly efficient in the two get into first two games. He takes what's in front of him and he keeps the offense going. Like their offense has just looked so efficient when, when he's throwing the ball, he's completing the ball at almost a 76% rate. I think I saw for the season, which in two games is just unbelievable, um, which is easily the best he's been, you know, completion percentage wise, wise, you know, for, for a season, obviously it's only two games. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. It's a small sample size, but man, has he been efficient and looked good. Um, it, it, the, I guess before we get to this Chargers game, I got two questions for you. One, what was your thoughts on the offensive line? So we'll start there. For for the offensive line, for a bunch of guys on the offensive line who've only played two games together, and for most of them who've only played two games ever in the NFL, I think they've really come along nicely. One of the only units for Baltimore that wasn't beaten up this week that was pretty healthy going into this thing was that defensive line for Baltimore. You know, they got McPhee, they got Justin Houston, Brandon Williams, 
their draft pick OA first round draft pick, which was the Orlando Brown flipper route. I thought, you know, pass protection wise, that was about as clean a game as they could play. Mahomes didn't get touched, yeah. didn't get touched at all. Now, I don't think Baltimore wanted to blitz very much when they did. The Chiefs did make them pay as we all expected them to. But it was just in, you know, I thought they played very good. The only thing I will say in the run game, though, there's a lot of situations in the run game where they do have nice blocks, but there's four guys doing the right thing, and it's just one guy makes a mistake or one guy comes off of a block too early. That stuff and Creed Humphrey's bad snap were the negative things, I will say. But I kind of think that, like, what I said in the running game where I say, you know, five guys are doing their job, but one person messes up. I think that kind of leads me maybe into your next question about Clyde, if that's what you were going to ask about. Because I know that's been the big hot button issue on Twitter this week across the Internet has been Clyde edwards Lair for the Chiefs. You know, not a great performance by any imagination. He had 13 carries, you know, 46 yards, three and a half total. He had a few nice runs in there early on in the game, but he had the big fumble at the end of the game. That's what everyone's going to remember. That's what everyone's going to say is what directly cost the Chiefs the game. Now, the Chiefs defense, like I mentioned earlier, gave up a million rushing yards, and that's just not a good recipe to do. And the Chiefs also, you know, bad snaps, blown coverages. I'll say all that stuff. That's just the recipe to lose football games. Combine that with turnovers. So, there's a lot of things that do go into that, but that is the last one that people are going to talk about it because it was the last play of the game for the Chiefs offense. Yeah, I just – I don't know what it is with the run game. They're, they're seeing, like – I think I looked it up, and it was like the sixth or seventh highest light box rate, and they're still having problems just popping that one big runoff. You know what I mean? Just It doesn't have to be a 90-yard touchdown, 80-yard touchdown. I don't think you're ever going to see that out of – out of Clyde because he's not, he's not a burner. He's not, um, you know, Damian Williams when he was here, when he could, you know, he wasn't like a four, four guy. That's not who Clyde's going to be, but I want to see some, you know, like a 35, 40 yard run get ripped off because it's just, you know, he hits the hole and boom, it's there and we go. I'm still waiting for that. I think that they're, they're doing a good job. There are situations where man, does it look beautiful? Um, you know, on, on, they're running a lot more wide zone than I was expecting them to still, and I think a lot of that is is that they love the RPO attached to it. Um, I'd like to see him to get some more, some, some more gap scheme stuff. I know we have been talking about that quite a bit, and that was kind of the, the big thing at the beginning of the year. And they really haven't gone to it too much yet this year, which I was pretty surprised about. So I'm, I'm looking to see if they kind of try to do that um, this coming week here against the Chargers. And uh, let's, let's go right into the Chargers now. This is a football team who has given the Chiefs some difficulties in the past couple of years. Um, you know, not necessarily maybe beating them all the time, but man, did they usually play them pretty tough. You know, but this, this season they have a new head coach and he's supposed to be the new wonder kid, basically revolutionizing the game. I just saw something come across. Somebody did this big uh, highlight on him that I'm going to have to watch here before the game. Um, just about how he's changing the game defensively and kind of what he's doing. Um, you know, they got Justin Herbert, who, who is their guy. So let, let's start uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And if you had to think about uh, kind of what their biggest situation is, is, is this going to be a game where the, the Chargers have seen, all right, the Chiefs are giving up all these rush yards. We have Austin Eckler. We have this new offensive line with Rashawn Slater. Um, is, this, is this where the Chargers are going? 
All right. I think we could do what, uh, what the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns just did. I think you almost have to expect it at this point for them to want to come out and run the ball and run a lot of RPOs with that off with, you know, their new offensive lineman, Eckler and Justin Herbert all combined in there. And, you know, they have some pretty good targets down the field. This will be the biggest test of the year though, so far for the chiefs secondary, because they haven't really been tested. And this week they looked rough. You know, there was two big miscommunications. Lamar missed one. He found the other one, but they're going to have to work to get that ironed out because, you know, as much as, as much as the Chargers are going to want to come out and try to gash the Chiefs and run the football just because that's what they've seen on tape, their bread and butter is letting Justin Herbert sling it down the field. That's where they're going to win at. That's where they're going to make their bread at. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a really big early season contest because both of those teams are going to be coming in one and one. But, you know, they're probably going to try to challenge them in both of those aspects. They're going to try to set up, you know, play action off of the run game. So it'll be – it's going to be tough because they've got all this film of teams gashing the Chiefs. So, you know, Spags, he hasn't coached, you know, he hasn't coached a very, he did not coach a very good game last week against the Ravens. So it's going to be a big week for him to come out and try to, you know, slow it down. But, you know, they got to find a way to rush Justin Herbert, if anything, if they're going to find some success with it. So hopefully that we see them kind of figure that out a little bit this week, but, you know, we, I don't know. It just kind of feels right now at this point to be one of those situations where the Chiefs offense might get into another shootout and try to have to carry them again. Yeah, I I could definitely see that being the case. I'm hoping that's not going to be the case, but uh, I would not be surprised. I mean, right now, to me, I think the biggest thing for the Chiefs defensively is is you've got to force them in some third and long situations. And you mentioned that you've got to get some pressure in Herbert's face. You've got to be able to hit him. But uh, it, it all starts with winning first down, right? Win first down, whether that's a run or a pass, make them get behind the sticks a little bit with second and third down, and then, and then see if we have any pass rush whatsoever. If we can get Chris Jones on the edge, if we can get him against, you know, a rookie tackle and Rashawn Slater, if we can take advantage of that matchup potentially. Um, because if, if you don't, like you mentioned, he's got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on the outside to throw to Justin Herbert does. And those guys are very, very good wide receivers on the outside. So I, I hope that, uh, I hope that we're able to get some pressure and, and fluster Herbert because, you know, even with that, you saw Herbert last year, man, he he's, he is cool under pressure. He can take hits. He stands in the pocket. He makes some throws. This is going to be a super, super tough test for the third week in a row for this defense that is, is kind of on their heels right now. And it seems to be like they're, they've been on their heels since uh, kind of the opening whistle of the regular season um, with the offenses that they've faced. When you look at the other side of the ball now, you said potentially it could be a shootout. This, this, this Chargers defense, um, they got some players now on the other side too. So, you know, obviously Joey Bosa, Derwin James, they have Asante Samuel Jr. who had an interception last week against the Cowboys. They had, they got some players at, uh, you know, every level. Their, their linebacker, Kenneth Murray, I saw he went, he went out of the game against the Cowboys. I haven't seen any reports on whether or not he was back. Um, so we'll have to keep our eye on that. When it comes to the Chiefs offensive game plan, you know, we saw the stat I read out earlier. The Chargers have given up the most rush yards, third most rush yards in the NFL this year. Do you think the Chiefs try to lean on that a little bit more? Um, because I think so far this year, they've done a pretty decent job kind of running, not all the time, but mixing in the runs when they need to so they can get a few play actions and stuff. I would like to see that too, a little bit more play action, 
and, and take some shots. We really haven't seen, other than that touchdown to Demarcus Robinson, you know, that panted long touchdown play for the Kansas City Chiefs in the passing game. No, oh, this season. Well, I guess week one they had the Tyree Kill play. Big typical Mahomes rollout. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you talking like a just a big bomb? Just a bomb. Just a bomb. Yeah. You know I mean? Like it's just a just a not a crazy rollout, you know, make it on the play, just like, hey, we're designing it. And Tyreek runs like a triple move, quadruple right. corner post, throw it up over every safety and go get it. Um, unfortunately for the Chargers, Tyree Kill reported very he only had like 13 receptions for 14 yards this week. Baltimore, I think that's one of the keys why the Ravens won is because we've seen Tyreek go nuts in the past. Just absolutely torching guys left and right. That's been a giant key success on the Chiefs first pass versus the Ravens. This week, I think Andy Reid's going to look at it and says, we got to get back to our identity. we got to throw the ball down the field. But I know people are so very against the Chiefs running the football, but I think it's very crucial to the development of the offensive line right now that they continue to run it because these guys don't get live reps in practice, okay? These live reps, these reps they get, it's going to be in the game. And the way the roster is looking right now, if this defense is only going to be, you know, at best average – which is what I think a lot of people think it's going to look like. If it's only going to be an at-best average defensive side of the ball, you know, maybe they're not going to be reliable. We're going to have to rely on this young offensive line to keep getting better and better. And the only way to do that is just keep hammering reps, hammering reps. And they got to get, you know, they got to get that consistency. They got to get their chemistry so they can get five instead of four doing the same thing. But big test again for Orlando Brown, Lucas Nyang. They're going to be going against some pretty good pass rushers. They got uh, Jeremy Tillery in the inside. It'll be a good test for Trey Young, Creed Humphrey. So they're going to have their hands full, keeping Pat healthy. No one's no one's stopping Travis Kelsey. I, I think teams have pretty much given up on that. Kelsey's going to get what he wants. The only thing these guys can do at this point is just you know try to keep keep uh, you know keep Hill from burning you deep every play. And you know so that's going to come back. It's going to bring up you know. Hopefully we get to see more Hardman and Pringle as their expands start to roll, you know, get going. And I know a lot of people are ready to give up on Clyde. Like around this time last year, everyone was ready to give up on McColl. I'm not going to give up on him just yet. I'm not ready to because I think he's got a lot in the tank. I think, you know, what everyone was mad about last week, it was the worst thing that could have happened at the worst possible time with a player. But a lot of people were up in the air about because of his draft status you know, because he didn't come out and just go, you know, he didn't come out and have a great burnout week one. But I'm telling you guys, if they can find a way to, you know, give him give him the ball 15 times a game, if they can get to a point where they can block consistently 15 times a game, it's going to open up parts of the offense we haven't seen before. So hopefully, you know, hopefully Clyde has a good bounce back game this week. Hopefully we can see some of the play action and stuff. Because if the charge, you know, it's something going to give either the Chargers are going to be able to run the ball or maybe the Chiefs will be able to run the ball. But we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if either team really comes out and tries to do that. You would think that the Chargers definitely would with, with you know, Herbert just being in his second year with as bad as the Chiefs have looked on, on their run defense. Um, and, and like you mentioned, I, I do think that the, just being able to run the ball a little bit just alleviates a little bit of that pressure and it helps set, sets up other, you know, things in the passing game. The long DeMarcus Robinson touchdown was off of play action. Now, maybe not necessarily – does that bring all the safeties up or are they just going to sit deep, whatever, they still might just sit deep, but 
that's also part of the timing thing. You know, you get to play action, you put your back foot in the ground, and okay, now he has time to run his corner post on the Dino, and it's a it's a touchdown off of the double post route that we've seen so many times from Demarcus Robinson. Actually, I think that's got to be at least his second or third touchdown off of it in the last few years. So, um, I, I do I do like the idea of being able to run some more play action this week and see see what happens there. Maybe take your shots. I'll be interested to see if they match up Derwin James on Travis Kelsey. I would imagine that's what they're going to try to do. See if they can match him up one-on-one and slow him down a, a bit. And if they do that, that's got to be Tyreek and, and you know McCall, guys like that on the outside, if that's what they're going to try to do. If they put Derwin James on Kelsey and, and give him a little bit of help underneath, help. take off the top with the two two speedsters on the outside, and let's, let's uh, throw some play-action bombs after these guys. Let Don't me, panic. Uh, Everyone's panicking right now. You know, yeah, no, I understand sure. everyone. Everyone's upset. You know, everyone's got their own reason to why they lost, but it's a team game. You know, yeah. teams win things, teams lose things. I know everyone says the Chiefs can throw the ball 150 times a game. That's not really realistic for how football is played because we saw that in the Super Bowl very specifically why you can't just come out and just look to throw every down, especially when, you know, like the Chiefs. Just stay calm. Yep. Patrick Holmes will get it figured out. It's the second week of the the season. Um, there is a long ways to go to, to get to uh, where the Chiefs want to be. So keep churning away at it. Before we get out of here, Caleb, I'm going to put you on the spot. What is your prediction and final score for this game versus the Chargers? Um, I'm going to go Chiefs win. I think, uh, you know, it's going to be another game back at Arrowhead. First noon kickoff at Arrowhead with a full capacity crowd in a while. I think people are still dying to go out and watch the football games, even though the Chiefs did lose this week. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Chiefs 34, and I think the Chargers will probably score around 24. That'll be my game prediction. I think Chiefs win by about nine. Pretty close, right there with you. I was gonna say. I was gonna say Chiefs 30, and in the Chargers 27. I think it's gonna be another close game. I do think that the Chiefs pull it off in the end. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes. Gets it done like he tends to do. And that's, I guess, we didn't really touch on that. And I guess maybe um, I would just, in my opinion, I, I don't think that they should have been running the ball when Clyde fumbled even. I think that they should have had it in number 15's hands and just let him go do what he does and go win the football game. You can still run the clock out. You can throw short passes. But in those situations, I am never taking the ball out of Mahomes' hands because we've seen it. He's too smart, right? If nothing's there, he's going to run. He understands the clock situation. He he's done it before in games. Like I, to me, I put my utmost faith, utmost faith in number fifteen over Harrison Butker, who had already doinked one off of the extra point or off the goalpost on an extra point. Like I'm not playing for the field goal. I don't trust kickers, especially on the road in a hostile environment. Go win the football game with 15, 87, and ten. That's how you win the football game. So. I get it. You want to run the ball, run the clock, and then you can kick a field goal range. You're already in field goal range. I'm not about that life. Give me the, give me 15 all day and go win the football game. Anyway, hey, uh, oh, I was gonna say real quick. Justin Herbert has thrown three interceptions, and I didn't. We didn't mention it, but it is Tyron Matthews' contract season. He's already got two. If there's <laughs> one guy, that, if, there's <laughs> one, if there's one guy that can try to help turn things around on defense, it's gonna be him. Yeah, I'm telling. That's why. That's why I get pressure in his face. Make him throw some up there, and let's go get it. Put Juan Thornhill on the field. Let's see what he does. A little more or less Daniel Sorensen. 
let's get after these these lightning bolts this week and see what we can do. You know, Legereus Sneed's also been quiet. And quiet's not really a bad thing when you're playing that quarterback position. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Be looking for I could be the Legereus Sneed breakout game for the season. Who knows? I would take another, I would take a nice like pick six by Sneed. Absolutely. All right, man. Tell everybody where they can find you and what you're uh, what you're working on. All right, you guys can find me on Twitter as always at CJ Scoobs. Make sure to be checking out. I got some uh, film content I'm trying to post right now. Um, I'll have a couple of articles out. I'm going to talk about the offensive line a little bit. I'll probably also do my three keys to victory versus the Chargers because I think those are some articles that people have been liking to read. So I have the three keys to victory out either Saturday or Sunday. I hopefully have the offensive line article out by Friday. But, yeah, thanks for all the support, everyone. We really appreciate it. Make sure to go like and subscribe. Make sure you go hit that follow button. You all know what to do. That is right. Like Caleb said, like, subscribe. In the comments, tell us down here in the comments, tell us who is winning the game and what the score is going to be for this Chiefs-Chargers game. You can find me on Twitter at jdiz1617. I will have some article out at some point this week over at Arrowhead Live. I'm not sure what it's going to be on yet, but be on the lookout for that. You can also find me. Uh, on uh, at ball and over beers for the border field sports channel doing my dfs and betting podcast so be sure to check those out as well appreciate everybody being here still one and one there's a lot of football left go chiefs thanks everybody